Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey everybody, this is a quick hit from Austin. Um, we have a guest with us, Adam. Hey Adam. Howdy. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I know you've been listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, and we'll get into that in more detail because um, I want you to tell people about your podcast as well. But um, first want to say that um, you can catch up on all the quick hits. Um, we've done one for every show. And now that we have a couple days until the next show, um, people should check them out. And uh, we'll be doing another couch report in partnership with Relics this Saturday around the Atlanta show. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash Osiris Media to um, be notified when we go live or um, check out relics.com. They should have some news up there today or tomorrow. So 
Um, with that out of the way, Adam, um, thanks for joining. I know this is a, a hometown show for you. Yeah, yeah, it is in a way of sorts. Hometown for eight years now. Cool. So, un- unlike Trey, I will not take credit for being born in Texas. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, that just was... tends to do it. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, well, tell us um, tell us about your podcast, first of all, because you and I have corresponded about that um, a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a fun passion project of mine. I love making up songs. I love, uh, did like musical improv, which is a, a strange art form here in town. Um, and uh, a lot of, some of it is kind of fish-based. It's called No Cover. You can you know find it wherever you find podcasts. We've um, got only a couple episodes. It kind of started with music debates, just debating silly things about music. And you don't get to pick your side, pro or con. So you have essentially like three minutes to defend uh, um, a position that you maybe don't even want. And um, <laughs> the, just, the justifications really are the or where the comedy comes out. So it's kind of music and comedy all wrapped up together. That's what uh, No Cover basically is. Cool. Yeah, and um, and hope, hope to keep it going and keep following that. Um, Adam, tell us a little bit about the venue. I know this is only the second time Fish has played there. Um, I don't know if you saw them last yeah. time they were in town, but what's the venue like? What was the scene like? Yeah, so this is the Austin 360 Amphitheater which is at a racetrack, essentially one of the, probably the world's, one of the world's newest racetracks for IndyCars. The racetrack is called Circuit of the Americas, CODA for short. And then of course the amphitheater is just plopped kind of in the middle of, um, of like one of the turns almost. You can't really tell that you're at a, a racetrack when you're looking at the venue, but mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty wild. And it's just kind of dropped in the middle of like a kind of barren prairie land, but it's a nice venue. I mean, I think it's only been open for, God, it can't be more than like five years. And um, so, it's, so it's really well done. It's pretty, it's pretty small. I can't speak to the capacity, but it's definitely, it's far from sold out, um, just like it was three years ago. Um, and of course, it's a Tuesday. So there's not a whole lot of activity going on, like uh, pre-show, I guess you would say. But the energy was good. It, it's been like up to 110 here. Uh, in the past week, which wow. is not an exaggeration. And, uh, you know, you get used to it, but it was great because we got a little break in weather. The sky was absolutely gorgeous um, as, as the kind of, um, you know, we were all getting ready for first set. So, yeah, it's, it's a cool venue. You you wouldn't think it's kind of, you feel like it's a little corporate-y kind of when you're, when you're going into it, but you can get free parking, you can roll right in, security's pretty decent, and uh, it sounds great. They sounded phenomenal. Nice. And what what about what were some of your highlights? Sort of, I know the first set maybe people thought was a little bit uh, a little bit uh, standard, I guess. But um, I'm sure there were some yeah, parts that stood out yeah. to you. Yeah, I think standard is is a fair description. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you look at you look at fish or you look at the set list. You know, um, something can look pretty basic on paper, and it can be great, or the opposite can be true. You know, you see a couple of the the famous jam vehicles in the uh, in a set, and you think like, oh, they can't go wrong. But um, and of course, the opposite can be true there. Right. Yeah, first, that was standard. I think um, it was an interesting crowd in the way that there were a lot of first time fish concert goers. Um, I'm not super experienced, but it was it was kind of fun to be around them. And I think the first set kind of spoke to them a little bit because it was 
really tight, really, really tight. Um, there was like no meandering at all. Of course, there's no big jams, of course, and no big hitters, I'd suppose. But all I can hope for in this era of fish and first set for me personally is energy. Because if they have energy, it's like, okay, we got momentum. Anything's possible in the second set, even if there were no jams in the first. So uh, what's about the music, the energy? Like from Sample, which is, you know, just kind of a, a shrug to me. But then they, they come out with Light in the second song, which is pretty early kind of uh, for that song usually. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't slow down for probably 45 minutes. And then, of course, it slows down the theme to the bottom, which is like, just an excellent tension song where it's, 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 um, you know, it's not an energy killer. It's just like a, it's a pause and then it builds back up. And then you got Brian and Robert, great ballad, halfway to the moon. I think that song always stands out to me when I hear it live, just cause it sounds so good. Um, I really like it. And yeah, really it's like not going, yeah. Yeah. It's just one of Paige's best songs. Uh, and of course we have the curse of the line here in Texas, or I do personally, um, so I, I left for, for those six minutes and gosh, I wouldn't leave, but poor line, like it, it really just would, would make everyone's life a little bit easier if they could just cut it to like a quick three thirty. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing much stood out except the energy, you know, I think it didn't really slow down until the line started. Um, yeah. so that, that was good. Um, one small fun note is in, I didn't know, which is a really like I don't know, the song is short usually, three and a half minutes, I suppose. But Fishman just did not let go of the vacuum. He like <laughs> when they came in for the last chorus, it was hysterical. He like got louder, and you could just see the smile on Trey's face, like trying to keep singing the last chorus together while Fish was just like you know doing his thing. Um, so it was fun, lots of fun, lots of energy. Um, and something about Mike taking off and, his pants. Uh, Oh, I heard something about that. You know, I didn't see that. I, all I noticed was okay. like, oh, I'm like wearing shorts. <laughs> oh, got <laughs> if it. He, okay. If he did it, if he did it, you know, mid set, I feel like there there might have been a bigger reaction. But um, I was slightly distracted for the first, I would say, three songs, and I was there listening with open ears. But I, for the first time in my life, I made a sign. I wasn't the only one. I had help, but I made a sign, a giant bedsheet sign for Divided Sky, okay. and. Uh, and, you know, just because I wanted to do it three years ago, it didn't make it happen. And, and we weren't successful, but I believe if you saw it, you'd believe in our artistic uh, endeavor because it wasn't yeah. just <laughs> written out, divided sky. But yeah, I, I got to find more information about the Mike, Mike's uh, pants or lack of pants. And the 46 Days had a pretty, pretty sweet jam from Trey in there to close the first set. Yeah, it did. I just listened back to the first set. It was good. Um you know, for six days, one of those songs, like for me, it's always going to be good. It's, it's rarely like great, but it's funky and it's fun. Um, you know, it's kind of encompasses the first set, which was a lot of energy. And I was just really surprised because even in the line, um, or all the other small songs, heavy things, there really wasn't any sloppiness. Like fish was a huge influence on the show. We kept it going. It was super snappy and super tight. Um, which is, which is good. Yeah. I think the uh, era we're in. And, and you um, talk a little bit about the second set. Cause I think people saw a lot of highlights in there. And those of us who have listened back, I think thought it was really, really solid and, and pretty different from set one in terms of the, you know, the 
exploration. We've seen a lot of first set jams this tour and, and last year too, but mm-hmm. um, not as many this show, but second set was totally different. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I've been listening to Fish for like 18 years and, and uh, only seen 13 shows. So this is my 14th, I think. Oh, wow. And um, seen every show in Texas. And hey, we're really lucky to just get shows. Uh, you know, I, I, I was like stunned when they kind of came back. It's like the only show is in 1800 miles, but man, I think from the start of the first set, everything's right down with disease into steam in the seven below into dirt, which is one of my just all time favorite songs and ballads. Yeah, same here. That stretch, I guess technically it goes into the wedge, but that stretch right there, one of the best things I've ever seen and heard personally live. It was so good. And people are going to pay attention to the first two, which was just below 40 minutes. Maybe it comes in at like 36, 38 between everything's right and down with disease. If you only listen to, you know, if you only got 40 minutes, those are the 40 minutes you've got to listen to. I think they're right at the top of the tour list so far. And uh, as far as jams, everything's right. You know, that song is kind of sluggish getting going, right? Um, you kind of get into the lyrics. And by the time Trey comes around with the second chorus, you're into it and you're bobbing your head. and yeah, the verses are kind of positivity. slow. The the verses are slow, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of has like a plodding chord progression where, um, you know, it's it's definitely not energetic. Um, but as it gets going, it gets momentum, and, you know, the, the real jam's starting at like, you know, four or five minutes, and there is no wasted space, I thought. It really just t- took off, you know, like about midway through, Trey hits this melodic bliss, riff which i know is very common but he kind of does what we all hope he he can do sometimes which is he doesn't let it go um and he plays those six six notes or so and he modifies them and it just goes and goes and um when i think fisher at their best they he gives everybody space so he's not like beating us over the head with the riff and everything's right i mean i i don't think i've heard every version i know we've gotten some recent jam ones but this is this has got to be right at the top it, because it's it, it just soars and it's not like um like a lot of bliss jams which are nice but you can see that they're coming a mile away or you can see where they're ending up this one has something different that's for sure yeah uh, um and down with disease you know just a few notes on that i mean the beginning was tight you know they're not playing at the speed of course which they played at like 94 but it was not sloppy the, the vocals were on and this one again, like I think the keyword is space. Like Page had room to shine yeah. on one of his many organs, and Fish just like was nonstop, super snappy. He had that rolling beat going, which is just like fills the place with momentum that they can go anywhere. Um, and uh, so uh, those two were phenomenal. And Steam Seven Below, the, you can tell, you know that that lineup right there. Down Disease, Steam, Seven Below. There's kind of a theme in a way to me musically. It's kind of it's like mysterious, kind of dark, you know, a little playful. And then it ends with, with Dirt, which is, you know, I think people would say one of the, the best four-ish minute fish, fish songs that exist. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool set. Um, I, haven't, I haven't made it all the way through the second set, but the Antelope Closer in a, on a hot night in a hot venue must have been pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I think, you know, when they went into the wedge, it was like, okay, I think everybody likes the wedge. It's fun. 
it's probably not going anywhere, and it didn't. So um, it didn't like kill the momentum. They bring it right back up with Wilson, and then um, into run like an antelope, which was which was good. It was fine. It wasn't wasn't great. I don't think it's anything to write home about. But I mean, I would I would end any second set with with antelope, you know, because it's yeah, like I said, just, just total energy and and fun. That's great, man. Well, I'm glad you sounds like you had a good night and sorry they don't, you know, come to Texas that often, but I'm glad you you had fun. What do you um what what do you want to leave the audience with in terms of a sort of a listen a, a clip from last night? Let's go into somewhere in the down with disease jam. Um not great on the minutes, but I'd say somewhere between like, you know, 8 and 14 and and um I think that'll intrigue people, but definitely don't don't hesitate on this show, you know, especially that first 40 minutes of that second set. There's a lot to like. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Adam, for coming on and sharing your perspective and, uh, and good luck with everything out there. Enjoy your vacation. And, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You got it. The energy transition is upon us, but what role will energy companies themselves together with other businesses and governments adopt in reaching net zero? Powered by How, an eight-part podcast series from Reuters Plus in partnership with Aramco, will explore innovations and technologies aiming to move us towards a more sustainable future. Join me, Nisha Pillay, for in-depth analysis of these questions. Aramco Powered by How. Listen now. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
Experience the trip of a lifetime with history travel. Explore unique places inspired by the most fascinating events and people of the past with world-renowned historians and local experts as your guide. Go to HistoryTravel.com and sign up today to receive $500 off per person on international trips and $250 off on domestic trips by using promo code PODCAST23 in the special request section of your booking. History Travel is created and managed by Academic Travel Abroad. Offers cannot be combined with other savings. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.